When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! The dust has settled on the 2023 NFL Draft, and we have a full recap along with the moves the Jets made after the draft and what could come next between now and training camp. A lot to get to. Thanks for joining the Can't Wait podcast. I'm Tim McMaster along with Zach Rosenblatt and Marissa Dunn. Uh, Subscribe if you haven't, whether that's on YouTube, if you're watching us or on Apple, Spotify. Give us some great reviews and the thumbs up on YouTube as well. Uh, All of that is appreciated. Uh, Zach, have you recovered? Oh, I should say Marissa, have you recovered? Because she had to deal <laughs> with that other podcast that records at like oh two in the God. morning. But how yeah, you doing, it was a, Marissa? a long weekend, but I mean, well, it's it, a it, weekend. It it's a fun weekend. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like I feel like it's, you know, once a year. So it's cool to see all these, uh, you know, what what directions team teams go in and uh, how everyone evaluates, you know, the post draft stuff. So. How about you, Zach? How how you feeling? Well, I, I had the double whammy of like kind of being sick during the draft and also like mm-hmm. you're not sleeping during the draft. So it was a bad gamba. So I'm kind of congested. You can probably tell. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I always try to explain, especially for people who don't. First Jets draft. First so. Jets draft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was a, it was a busy week, but as I try to always explain to people in my life, like when they ask like, so are you like, what do you even do this time of the year? Are you even busy? Or like, what's your schedule yeah. like? I'm like, well, if you ask me during the draft, I'm working every day nonstop. If you ask me like. You know, the other half of the off season, I might not be doing anything for a few straight days. Well, so it's it's a it's a I very mean, like one... interesting part of the schedule. Yeah, the, well, the Jets are a little different, but yeah. it's an interesting part of the schedule because you'll go usually you'll go from doing like nothing to the busiest three days of the year to nothing for a little bit, and then it's busy yeah. again, and then this this and this. So that's the off season. But yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about. Aaron Rodgers in the building practicing, posting videos. Everybody going crazy every time he's even mentioned he's going to all the sporting events. Um, all the sporting events, they, right? He's hitting, he's yeah. hitting all the teams. He's got hockey. Uh, the Rangers went down. Wait, the, so the Rangers lose that series. Granted, it was to the Devils. So, do we have any confirmation of which team Aaron Rodgers was supporting in the? I think the he Devils was supporting Rangers the Rangers because he was there with uh, Lazard and Brees Hall, and they were all wearing Rangers oh, right. jerseys. So. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and so they lose. They won that game, but they lose the series. Yeah. And then the Knicks lose. I don't know. Ooh, Aaron mm. Rodgers, bad luck. I think. For other I think New the York Knicks. Sports teams? I think the Knicks losing is more on Connor than on Aaron Rodgers, though. <laughs> yeah. So he goes That's Rangers. Uh, Zach Wilson initially, remember, went to some Islanders mm, games. Yeah. Right. First, uh, so different. And these guys. Aaron, these guys uh, going. These guys all know to just flow where the wind where, where the wind is. So if it's the Islanders in there, then they're going to support the Islanders, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers also better tickets than Zach. I think he was right front row with the Knicks, wasn't he? Like, yeah, makes sense. He's a celebrity. Sense. He's a full on celebrity. I will say, you know? we did not see him at the Met Gala though last night. Mm. So there were there were Patrick Mahomes was there. Seems Stephon like that Biggs would kind of there. be his scene too, right? Like, yeah. So although the Met Gala is something that you you generally it's a couple thing, right? You don't see a lot of 
singles show up. Yeah, I guess. Well, not but... athletes probably, but maybe like right. musicians, they'll show up by themselves. But yeah, you're not going to yeah. see like, you know, yeah. Chris Traveler there by himself. Because it was always like Brady and Giselle together at the Met Gala. Or, yeah. You know. yeah. Yeah. I would have right. Giselle was there by herself. Giselle was there by herself last night, I believe. Mm. Well, I'm pretty sure like whenever Brady was at the Met Gala, that was like, he, he could have found a thousand things he would have rather been doing than being at the Met Gala. So. Well, Probably he doesn't have to like anymore, anything. I guess. So. Draw, yeah, drawing up plays uh, on a napkin, anything. Uh, all right, let's get, <laughs> let's get back to the Jets and overall thoughts first, Zach. And if you look at uh, Dane Brugler, had the Giants, Jets, sorry, had the Jets ranked 29th out of 32 teams. Mel Kuyper, 26th, but he gave him a B uh, because Mel, I don't know if it's, I don't remember this always being the case, but Mel's grades went from A plus to B minus. I don't know <laughs> if that's to stay on the good side of front offices or what, where like, yeah, yeah. you were the last team ranked, but I gave you a B minus. So, <laughs> but anyway. Um, we knew going into this draft that it was going to be hard for the Jets to really knock it out of the park. Um, and then obviously day one, a lot of people questioned the pick. So overall, how do you feel about this after they made some trades to gather some extra picks on day three and, and what they came out of it with? Yeah, you know, in, to Dane, in Dane's defense, because I know Jets fans got really mad at him. Uh, he wasn't like he wasn't grading the drafts. He was ranking them in order of the ones that he thought were the best drafts. So it's it's not necessarily right. saying that he didn't even like. Like if you read his comments, they could have gotten a, he could have given them an yeah. A minus, but everybody else had an A or an A yeah. plus. You know, but even cool. if you like you read his comment, it was he was like positive. Even on the Will McDonald pick, who he thinks is a high ceiling, it it ultimately comes to how you're judging it. Are we judging it how the how this class is going to help the Jets for this year? Then I think you could probably you know push back a little on how this class looks. If you're going to say, we're going to look back at this class three years from now, I, I think you might talk about this class differently. I think that's kind of the way Joe Douglas, which was maybe a surprise, but you know, again, like I, I go back to what I was saying in the beginning, even after the McDonald pick, if they didn't think this was a very good draft, uh, then I don't know how many guys they thought were going to be immediate contributors anyway. So you pick the guy who you think a year, two, three from now are going to be stars. And I, you know, for all the consternation about the Will McDonald pick and, I was part of that. I, I do. Th- I don't think talent. I don't think anybody's actually questioned his talent. I actually think, for the most part, everybody agrees he might be a pretty good player. It's just more like, uh, you know, you you drafted a, a sub package pass rusher as as a rookie in a year, when you need other stuff. And you know, again, I I maybe you know as we have a few days to, to reflect on it, I think maybe overdid the criticism and the idea that they needed a right tackle. And like, there's no guarantee a rookie right tackle is going to be good. By the way, um, but anyway, so. That. I would say the only like, and we're going to, I'm sure we'll get into the, you know, the nitty gritty, but the only rookie you can look at that I can say that I feel pretty confident is going to be starting on week one is Joe Tipman in the second round. So, um, you know, I, I think after last year's draft, it was always going to be a come down. Um, there's a lot of promising guys in this class that I like. There's a few that, you know, we might not know if they're any good for a few years. And even then they might not become anything like who knows, like there's a lot of like project type guys that they drafted. Um, but ultimately, yeah, it was, you know, I get why, um, maybe some fans were underwhelmed. Uh, I don't think anybody was ecstatic about this draft class. I don't think it was a bad class, but it's too early to get say anyway, but I do think they added some players that are going to, going to be pretty good NFL players is how I feel. All right. Let's jump into day three a little bit more specifically, cause we already covered the, the other two days last week. Um, they started things off with 
an offensive tackle, which we assumed they would get, but they didn't get one, like you said, that's going to step in. But Carter Warren out of Pitt, they get him number 120, and then follow that up going back to Pitt for a running back in Israel, Abanaconda. How'd I do? Abanaconda, I believe. Yeah, Izzy. Ah, Abanaconda. All right, Izzy. Abanaconda. They they have a way of drafting great named running backs. That's it's <laughs> becoming a Jets tradition. Um, but let's start with those two picks, the two pit guys, um, because they're going to need some help at running back. So that one's probably the key for 2023 out of out of this grouping. Yeah, I, Izzy was, I think, my favorite pick of their class. I, you know, there. By the way, and I think we might have alluded to this on day two. Um, there's been more about the fact that the Jets were viewed as a team that might draft Jameer Gibbs in the first round uh, at 15. I think Albert Breer also had it after Dame Brugler reported it. Um, so that, that was clearly like at least in the ether. And that's, you know, you, you have to, maybe you don't always maybe not all the information is real going into the draft because you want to convince teams to do things like that. But um, anyway, clearly the Jets knew they needed a running back coming in this draft. Um, and I think waiting until day two, day three is always the right move with running backs just generally, you know, less is like a B. John Robinson type. But even then, I don't know if picking a running back in the top 10 is the right move. So anyway, I think is he a, is he a Bonaconda? Um, he's uh he's very he's a home run hitting back. If you look at his, his he had a game against Virginia Tech, I believe it was last year. Where he ran for over 300 yards uh, like he just went off. It was like a crazy game. And he, he has an ability when he has the ball to score. He's He's a strong runner. He's quick. Uh, and I and I really think that and I've been I've been beating this drum all offseason. The Jets have been acting like they're not worried about Brees Hall. I I'm not saying I am worried, but I would say I think they're being a little overzealous, both fans and even like the way they're talking about him with the Jets, that he's going to be able to be himself either right away or at all this year. I think there's a very the way these ACL injuries happen with running backs, like it sounds cliche at this point, but it's it's hard to come back from that injury, especially right away. And I'll keep using Saquon as the example. He was really bad the first year back. So even if, let's say Brees Hall even plays week one, he's not going to look like Brees Hall did, you know, before he got injured in that Broncos game when he had that amazing touchdown run. And I would be surprised if he looked like that before the halfway point to the closer to the second half of the season. So you need running backs to carry that workload, to to be that explosive threat for if and when you need to ease Brees Hall back into the mix. And I think that, you know, Michael Carter... He's a good short short yardage back, and I think he's shown he's a tough runner. But last year was pretty good evidence that he can't really carry the load in a pinch. Bam Knight, it was kind of fun for a couple of weeks, and then teams kind of had tape on him, and he didn't really do much. Um, I think he has talent, but I don't think he's a guy that you can trust to start. And I think so. I really think that we might see Izzy getting really legit snaps at the beginning of the season. And if you're getting that out of a fifth round pick, that's pretty good. Uh, and I, I, I do believe he, he's a guy that has the talent to like be like a legit running back in the NFL. And if he's good, and then all of a sudden you have a pretty good, you know, three-headed backfield with Michael Carter, Brees Hall, and him, uh, where they all kind of complement each other pretty well. Uh, I don't think he's much of a pass catcher yet, but he could develop into that. But yeah, and he, he can help as a returner too. So at the very least, he's going to contribute as a rookie. And that's all you can ask for in a fifth. And Carter Warren, he's a guy that, he's one of the guys the Jets, they made a few picks like this on day three. Uh, that if not for like injuries and such, he probably would have gone earlier. He he hurt his knee. I believe I can't remember which knee injury he had because I'm confusing him with their seventh round pick injury wise. But he had a knee injury that cost him all but four games uh, last season. Before that, he had been, you know he was a four year starter at left tackle for Pitt. I think he he's got good length and size, uh, long arms. 
Um, right now he projects as a swing tackle, but I, I think they're going to try and develop him to maybe be a long-term guy at left tackle uh, with Dwayne Browns only has another year or two left at most. So I, I think that Warren was, you know, a solid pick in the fourth round guy. You don't need to play right away, especially because of who they signed up free agency, Billy Turner, who we're going to talk about. You still have Mike Kai Becton on the roster, still have Max Mitchell to develop. Like they're, they're throwing a lot of darts and hoping that one of them hits a bullseye. And, it, and if one of them does, then you feel pretty good about at least one side of your offensive lines. But yeah, they're, Joe Douglas taking more swings. It's kind of out of the Eagles playbook where you're always adding offensive linemen and and it, it never hurts to have depth and guys that eventually come out, become starters for when your older guys are tired or, or you have to move on from them in free agency. So Warren, I think, made a lot of sense. Just like a solid pick. Nothing to like complain about there. Uh, you know, I, I think some fans wanted that guy, Dewan Jones, who went to the the Browns. He's like six foot eight, 380 pounds. I don't think they necessarily wanted another, you know, I'm not saying he is like Makai Becton by any stretch, but I think there's some similarities there. And I, I think they preferred somebody like Carter Warren that, you know, can play both sides. Uh, and yeah, so, so they got those two guys, the pit guys. And actually Carter Warren is from New Jersey. Uh, I believe Patterson he's from, so local kid, Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, we love bringing in the New Jersey kids. And then uh, Izzy is from Brooklyn. So these are both guys that grew up, grew up around the area. So the added fun uh, hometown kid element. Warren was a, it was a torn meniscus that he had during the season mm, that, that ended right. his, uh, his last campaign. Uh, all right, three more picks for the Jets in the draft. Zaire Barnes, the linebacker of Western Michigan. Obviously, linebacker was in need here, but this isn't a guy who's probably going to step right in and, and contribute much, right? Yeah, he's, he's pretty athletic, and I know they really liked his athleticism. I think he'll play on special teams right away, which is kind of what you want from day three linebackers. And then right. if they're more than that, then you're happy about it. Uh, he, I don't think Dane had him ranked very high, but he, you know, he's a guy with like potential. Like I said, it's a lot of potential on these day three guys. Um, and yeah, you know, they need, they don't really have much depth at linebacker. That's another thing we'll talk about when we get into what's up next for this roster. You know, it's, it's Quincy Williams, it's CJ Mosley. And then it's kind of a, you know, mishmash of guys trying to get that third spot until they sign somebody else, you know, Jamie and Sherwood, Hamza, Nazir Ladeen, uh, Zaire Barnes. You know, it's, it's not like the most exciting group, but I think they really do like Zaire and, and his potential. All right, Jarek Bernard Converse. Here's a guy who, you know, LSU, obviously there's there's that side of it. Um, but yeah. another guy that flashed at times and will probably be a special teams contributor as well. Yeah, the interesting thing with him is he, you know, on paper they don't need a cornerback, but I he played safety at Oklahoma State before he transferred to LSU. Um he was pretty good at making plays on the ball, but yeah, you know, I, so I, I think his future is probably at a, uh, sorry, my mic's getting all messed up. Uh, his future is probably at safety. I imagine they didn't, wouldn't say for sure if they're moving him to safety, but they have a bigger need in terms of depth at safety right now, but the ability to play both, you know, they like having versatility guys. They can move all over the place. And he's he, again, another, like it should be said, they got all athletes. I think I saw a PFF thing that they had like the most athletic draft class out of anybody. And it's because, as you've been seeing, I've been saying it after every guy, like the testing numbers on these guys are pretty ridiculous, which doesn't always translate. But, you know, I, I don't, I, again, corner slash defensive back, I think you should always be adding them like almost every year. That's one of those things. Add pass rushers, add offensive linemen, add corners. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't really, I didn't really know much about him. I know that, I mean, if he winds up being good, it's going to be hard to fit his name into headlines. <laughs> it's something I talked <laughs> about with my editor because <laughs> um, it's long, but it is a cool name. Uh, Bernard Converse. I think that would make the all name team for Connor. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I wouldn't, ex- 
into play a lot on at corner this year. Maybe if he, you know, at safety, they have the starters. And then it's kind of, again, it's a mishmash of backups of Tony Adams, Ashton Davis, Will Parks, and now Bernard Converse. And, and they have a UDFA we'll talk about who could be in the mix too. But yeah, so there's room to, there's a spot to be won as like the third or fourth safety. And if he has a really good camp, like certainly he could do that. But I, I don't know if he projects as someone who's going to play right away. Speaking of players with uh, big testing numbers, uh, last pick is Jack Kuntz, tight end, Old Dominion, 6'7". Zach, Zach Kuntz. Zach Kuntz. His name what is Zach. I, I think you said, you said Jack. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he <laughs> ran a 4.5540 at the combine at 6'7". Um, obviously, there's not a – I mean, they have tight ends on the roster, but it's an interesting pick at, at that size, speed, athleticism. True story. Right before that pick, I, I was just like looking at who's available. I'm like, it'd be cool if they got this Zach Kuhn skid. And then they drafted him like 10 seconds later. I, I felt really smart. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, so there's this thing that, that surfaces during draft time, especially on Twitter, called Relative Athletic Score. It's where I don't, it's like some company that like looks at all their testing numbers and compares them to all the players in their position that have come out since 1987. Zach Kuhn's ranks number one out of all tight ends since 1987 in terms of his testing. He, his his forty yard dash was ridiculous at his size, as you mentioned. Um, his three cone, he got it under seven seconds, which is like a really really fast, especially for a guy that size. Um, his shuttle is vertically at a forty inch vertical. He had broad jump. He was like first or second in every category among tight ends at the combine. So this is a guy that has just like raw size, talent, athleticism to a degree that they don't have on their roster with their tight ends now. Conklin, Uzama, Rucker, none of those guys are really like great athletes. I would say Conklin maybe is faster than the other two, but these aren't great athletes that are like stretching the field necessarily. So I think this is a great swing in terms of value. It's their best pick on, on Dane's board. I think he was the 10th ranked tight end. Um, he missed most of last year because he uh, messed up his kneecap, I believe, but he was healthy enough to run at the combine and do what he did. So he's on the way back, but so he's more again, like a project type guy, but he has all the tools to become like a stud. Um, and so, you know, if a few years from now we're looking back and Zach Coons is like, you know, starting caliber tight end that wouldn't shock me. And if you can get that out of a seventh round pick, that's pretty great. Um, but yeah, again, you know, athletic traits doesn't always translate. I don't know much about how he plays in terms of like as a football player. I just know he's a freak. And uh, as Joe Douglas said, he had the freak factor they were looking for in the seventh round. And these are the kind of guys who take swings on on day three. All right. So they didn't get the plug and play offensive tackle that a lot of people were hoping for early on, but they have added a tackle since the draft ended. Billy Turner signed in free agency on Monday. Um, and this is a guy who is just kind of following Nathaniel Hackett around the NFL. Uh, 43 starts for the Packers, 2019 to 2021 when Hackett was there. Seven more with the Broncos last year when Hackett was there. And now he comes to the Jets. So obviously He's familiar with this team's going with what this team's going to be doing, and Hackett feels comfortable with him. Yeah, I I think in articles before the offseason started, I I included him on the list because it just made sense when you when you tie, tie it all together with um, his ties to Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, he played for Hackett all three years in Green Bay, and then he followed him back to Denver. Uh, you know, Billy had been there in Denver before that, but so I think that said a lot about that he trusts Nathaniel Hackett. I think a lot of these guys they've signed. It's been part Rogers, part Hackett. Um, and again, it's just like, I think Joe Douglas, this is my initial reaction. Joe Douglas is clearly just trying to guard against the disaster that happened last year where you lose Mekhi Becton, you lose Dwayne Brown, um, you lose Max Mitchell, you know, Cedric Ogboy, you, you lose him at some point even. He, he became a starter and then he got hurt. 
Um, George Fant was in and out of the lineup. They had to start Mike Remmers at one point later in the season, like this journeyman guy that they signed off the street. Like um, it got ugly. And I think that's a big reason why the offensive line was so bad last year. So they're getting these guys all in the building. Now, you know, you have Dwayne Brown probably locked in as the left tackle, you know, depending on when he recovers from his shoulder injury. And you have a bunch of guys competing at right tackle. It'll ultimately probably come down to Max Mitchell, Billy Turner, or Makai Becton at right tackle. But yeah, Turner just, he adds veteran depth. He's a quality offensive lineman. He's not, I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's great. You know, he's just, he's kind of right down the middle type of guy. He knows this offense, knows how to play with Rodgers. Wouldn't shock me if he wound up being the right tackle starter. Uh, I think Makai Becton is, you know, everybody's hoping he winds up being the guy there. Uh, They're going to make a decision on his fifth year option, maybe even while we're on the podcast, if not right after. I imagine they'll decline it. Um, he's one of like the only three guys left as of this recording. <laughs> so I don't know what they're waiting for, but, um, yeah, so they have way more depth on the offensive line between those tackles. You got Joe Titman on the interior You bring back Connor McGovern. You sign Wes Schweitzer, Tristan Cologne. Um, so they have a bunch of guys, veterans. You lost Nate Herbig. You lost Dan Feeney, probably going to lose George Fant, but I, I would say their offensive line, you could argue is if not the same, at least it's, it sh- on paper looks better than it did last year. And if everybody's healthy, I, I think it will be. And I, I think that's the biggest lesson uh, to take away from even this off season is that the jets, I think clearly believe their offensive line is better than the rest of the world does. And whether they're right or not, we'll find out pretty quickly, but um, they're banking on the guys they had last year, essentially, uh, you know, writing the shit. So let's talk about that. You meant, you know, you mentioned Becton and, and that group as a whole, um, is there anything else going into that that group at this point? Or you think you're set with all those guys you just listed as, as tackle options for 2023? Yeah, I think tackle, they're probably done. Unless there was some sort of big splash they wanted to make, I guess. Like, I guess you can never rule that out. I know some fans and some experts were like, they should trade for Jonah Williams from the Bengals because I think he requested a trade after they signed Orlando Brown, I believe. Um, and the Jets were in on Brown, by the way. That was like a one of those almost Jets things where apparently they were in on it, but... Um, so I guess in theory, like, you know, if, if Joe Douglas wasn't thrilled at the possibility of starting Makai, I guess, like, then maybe you go and trade for somebody like that. But I don't think, I think they're done. Um, I I've been saying, I believe this, I I think Makai is like the X factor of this whole offense. Honestly, like if he, like, if he's healthy, he's the most talented guy they have. He's clearly highly motivated. He's getting in good shape. Like everybody sees the photos he's posting. Um, it's all positive reviews coming out of the Jets. You know, it's been bumpy the first few years, but I, I, I think that if, if Makai Becton's healthy and, and playing, he has the ceiling to be their best offensive lineman and to be like a Pro Bowl type guy. And if you have a guy like that, that young, even if it's going into, maybe he's more motivated now going into a contract year when if and when his de- options declined. Like, I, my eyes are going to be on him in training camp as much as anybody. And if he gets through training camp healthy uh, and he's not starting, I think it would be a surprise. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, undrafted free agents and the Jets sign one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, thirteen. Does that sound right? Thirteen so, guys, something like that. I, it, none of it's official yet, so um, yeah. But yeah, that that's like those were all the, the reported ones, I believe. All right, what we have, what I have here is Jason Brownlee, wide receiver, Southern Miss. Travis Dye, running back, USC. Deslin Alexander, defensive lineman, another Pitt guy. Uh, Alcorn State's Claudin Chirillus. Uh, Trey Dean the third from Florida. He's a safety. Xavier Gibson, wide receiver from Stephen F. Austin. Kalef, 
I'm not even going to say that one. Cornerback from Western <laughs> Kentucky. Malik Hall, linebacker from Southeastern Oklahoma. EJ Jenkins, tight end from Georgia Tech. Caleb Johnson, linebacker from Miami. TJ Luther, wide receiver from Gardner-Webb. And Marquise Waters, a linebacker from Texas Tech. So a lot of skill guys in that mix. Um, from what you've, you know, starting to do the homework on these guys, Zach, do any of them kind of stand out as potential guys that can make this roster? Yeah, the... I think there are two in particular that uh, jumped to mind for me. Um, one was Trey Dean. You mentioned the Florida safety. He's the highest graded out of all these guys on Dane's uh, big board. He had him as the 23rd safety in the end of like a sixth or seventh round pick. He had a really bad 40 yard dash at the combine 4.75, uh, which might be why he fell out of the draft. But he also at his uh, pro day ran, apparently ran a 6.69 three cone, which is like I said, below seven is considered good. 6.69 might be the record, honestly, like if it was at the combine. So he's very agile. He's played all over the secondary. Uh, Dane scouting report said he's, he's a matchup weapon versus tight ends. And the jets really struggled against tight ends last year. He's six, two, two Oh one, a little bigger than jet safeties usually are. Uh, they're usually it's on the smaller side, Jordan Whitehead, Chuck Clark, LaMarcus Joyner last year, Tony Adams, like these guys are all under six feet. Um, so he's a little different in that regard, but, there, there's like I like I mentioned earlier, there's like a spot to be won as a backup safety on this team. I don't think any of the backups right now are locks. Maybe Tony Adams, I think they like him, but I wouldn't call him like 100% roster lock. So Trey Dean would be the number one. Xavier Gibson, the Stephen F. Austin receiver. I believe Dane had the Jets drafting him in the sixth round in his final mock, actually. So um, he's very small, 5'9", 189, uh, but he's like very fast, 6'8", 3 cone which would have been the third best at the combine uh, kind of a slot receiver, returner speed demon, very fast, kind of like a gadgety type player. Um, you know, I, I think they have four receivers that I'm kind of the receiver room is kind of comp. So they have Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, McCole uh, Hardman, Corey Davis. If they keep him. there's Denzel Mims hanging out there. And then the rest of the receivers is like Irv Charles and um, you know, Deontay Spencer, like guys that are training camp bodies in that. So I think Gibson, if if the receive if this is the receiver group they're rolling with, Gibson has a chance to make the team. He could be a returner. Uh, he can be a special teams guy. Uh, he, he's interesting to me. I I saw that the guy the dude they got from Gardner Webb, T.J. Luther. Apparently they gave him a decent amount of guaranteed money, which means they like him quite a bit. I, I couldn't really find that much about him uh, online. He's uh, Dane Admin has the 137th wide receiver, so pretty low down there. Um, Travis Dye, the running back from uh, USC, he was at Oregon before that. Uh, his brother's a linebacker in the NFL. Ran a four seven eight forty, which is pretty bad for a five nine running back. But um, he's apparently a good returner, good block, pass blocker. Maybe he's a training camp guy. And then Jason Brownlee was the other guy. He's kind of a bigger receiver, 6'2", 21 touchdowns in three years at Southern Miss. Not very fast, but can jump high. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of like you said, it's a lot of like weapons. Um, you know, the, the spots to win. You know, there's other guys that I don't really know much about that might emerge. I don't think anybody was talking about Tony Adams last year. When he made the team. Same with Bam Knight. No, Bam Knight maybe was a little more popular. We were talking about like Bam Knight because yeah. his yeah. name is Bam Knight. But. His, his name was Bam Knight, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say the spots if you're a UDFA trying to make the team to make it would be wide receiver, uh, defensive tackle, linebacker, safety. So um, maybe there's guys they're going to add when they officially announce it that we don't know also. But like that, those are going to be the spots where there's roster spots to win. And that makes sense that that's where the bulk of these free agents are right now as far as guys that are signing up um all right other moves the jets can make between now and training camp 
Um, one that there's plenty of talk about, I'm not sure if it's in the chat today, but we've seen it in the chat a lot, is, is Quan Alexander um, and bringing yeah. him back. Um, what do you think the chances are, Zach? Man, I, I genuinely, like I knew fans like Quan Alexander. I didn't realize the degree until this offseason. It's like nonstop questions about him. It's it's wild. Like he, I think he's a solid player. I don't think he's amazing. But yeah, you know, they didn't haven't done much a linebacker. They didn't, I, I, was, I said that if they drafted somebody early enough, I thought that maybe that would have been their route. So you just draft a young guy and you develop him. Um, they did draft Zaire Barnes, but like I said, I don't know if he's like a long-term like starter type guy necessarily. So I, my, I would guess that they do bring back Quan, but you know, I, I thought Joe's Joe Douglas's response to the question about it was pretty like generic, lukewarm where he, somebody asked like, are you, are you guys looking at signing Quan Alexander? He was like, no, no, we're, we're open to signing all veterans that would provide an upgrade to our team at all positions or whatever. Like it was very like, broad strokes yeah. answer whereas he like you know when he was asked directly do you shut the door on ben jones he wouldn't shut the door on him kind of thing and you know in, in owners meeting maybe he's learned his lesson from owners meetings where he said he was they were interested in clay campbell Aldo beckham and ben jones and none of those guys are on the jets and two of them signed elsewhere so maybe he's like i'm not going to say i'm interested in anybody anymore um but so I, I can't get a read on if they want him there's other veterans out there they could sign I don't have the list in front of me in terms of the free agents that are left. But yeah, I think Quan makes a lot of sense. Um, I can't imagine it would cost very much. He's very respected in the locker room. He brings great energy. Fans love him. So I think that would be the most celebrated like minimum contract that they'll probably sign this offseason. But um, I would I would look at linebacker and then uh, Michael Dundas, the other Michael Dundas uh, re- reference yeah, to Al Woods. stealing my content yeah. here, Michael. Yeah, I was about One to say. I'm sure just you were about to get there with next. Our next yeah. <laughs> Our next topic, which is Al Woods uh, at Nose Tackle. Yeah, he's veteran from Seahawks. Uh, he's like 34. He was cut by them. Uh, he visited with the Jets a few weeks actually. ago. Yeah, 36. They signed Quentin Jefferson, also cut by the Seahawks. As somebody pointed out, I think on Twitter, it's not like the Seahawks had a great run defense last year, so I don't know if just getting the Seahawks D-line is the best idea, but they also have Quentin Williams is the difference. So, um, But yeah, so Woods, they brought him in for a visit. I can't even remember. It feels like forever ago at this point, but it was a few weeks ago, I believe. I think he makes a lot of sense. There's some other defensive tackles on the board. There might be others that could cut, uh, you know, especially after June 1st. Um, I think Puna Ford, another former Seahawk, actually. Um, so, uh, no, actually. He just signed with the Bills. Oh, really? Like minutes oh. ago. Yes. Oh, wow. I did not see that. Wow, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. So just came down from Tom Pelton. Oh, there you're right. So. Yeah, four minutes ago. There you go. So yep. one Seahawks defensive tackle off the board for the Jets. Yeah. Um, um, oh, Just anyway. a little, um, sorry. A little yeah. like low key breaking news on. on yeah, yeah. So <laughs> no, no Puna Ford coming to Sirens. no Puna Ford coming yeah. to the Jets. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's uh, Matt Matt Ioannidis who is on the Panthers. I think he's still a free agent. He's had and some he's success a in the league. Guy. Jersey guy. I didn't realize he was a Jersey guy. Yeah, uh, so yeah, so. Central. That I feel like defensive tackles are kind of like I feel like Joe Douglas every year adds somebody in June, July, early August that's like winds up contributing like Quan Alexander last year. I feel like defensive tackle might be the spot where they do that. I, I feel like they're gonna try they're trying to sort out their alignment and, and all that stuff. And I still can't get a read on if they are open to moving JFM or Clemens to to fill like a spot on that depth chart in the interior. But um, yeah, so linebacker and defensive tackle would be the spots. I don't see them signing a safety. I could be wrong. Uh, you know, maybe there's somebody out there they like veteran wise they can bring in for cheap to compete for a spot. But yeah, so Quan Alexander's the big one. He'd probably be the next move 
I don't know when. It could be now. It could be a month from now. And he's a guy that you know already. So if they're waiting, it might just have to do with salary cap stuff because they still are, I think, only like $9 million under the cap. They have to sign the rookie class. They, they still haven't done any of the restructures or cuts that I thought they would by now. So they, I think they really are trying to roll almost with the a largely similar roster what they had last year. Even guys like Ashton Davis and Bryce Hall still being here kind of surprises me a little bit. So I think they're going to try and hang on to everybody as much as they can. And, you know, maybe instead of cutting them, they're really trying to see if they can get either picks for them or, you know, show them show them off in training camp or something like that. But they, they have pretty good depth across the roster, I would say. But the spots everybody sticks to are defensive tackle and linebacker right now, and I think that's fair. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Anything else you want to throw in, Marissa or Zach, before we say goodbye? No. I mean, I'm sure something will happen regarding the Jets yeah. uh, between now and the next pod because <laughs> we ran out of topics. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, It was an interesting draft for the Jets. But the exciting part is Aaron Rodgers is in the building. We're, we, are, we are talking to some players tomorrow, so we'll get a lot of, like, I'm sure quotes that'll go viral on Jets Twitter of, you know, whether it's Garrett Wilson or whoever, just saying something. Anything they say about Aaron Rodgers is going to just does gangbusters right now. So, like I said, it's good for business that Aaron Rodgers is here. It is still kind of weird. Like, I did my projected depth chart uh, thing for yesterday. Even just, like, writing. I even wrote it in the thing. I was like, I don't have to write anymore that we're assuming that the trade is going to go through or anything like that. Like Aaron Rodgers is a jet right now. We just have to like write it like he is. And so that part is very strange, but we'll get used to it at some point. Maybe. Yeah. If you, I think we'll be back with people. May, May 11th is all right. Schedule release schedule release. So that's the next big one. Not official, but yes, there's enough smoke that it seems like May 11th is going to be. I think I saw Schefter reported it too. So yeah. Yeah. They're working for May 11th, they said. I guess the schedule is not complete yet, but I mean, we can all assume that (laughs) the Jets are going to be a um, uh, a primetime candidate for all Mm -hmm. the late night games. It's a good question. How does the NFL... So it's funny, um, baseball now is a computer because obviously Mm. 162 games per team over six months is something. Although for many years, there was a a couple, like a, a couple, like a husband and wife who were responsible for the major league baseball schedule. And they would do, they did the whole thing. It was insane. You can, if you Google it, you can find stories about it. Um, They have since shifted to uh, artificial intelligence, I guess, to put it together. But how does the (laughs) NFL, the NFL, obviously, the NFL has like a, there's like a, there's like a, there's like two or there's like a committee that does it. And there's like a guy in particular. And it's all based on the formula, obviously. So it's more just figuring out who the home and away teams are for the, divisional yeah you know well and well there's and a the, formula but they're also basing it on like yeah who, who they want to be like the rogers thing is like a factor yeah. right thursday versus right. monday and all that yeah everyone gets a thursday game yeah i feel like ma- ma- the schedule release is like one of my favorite days of the year because i i get to like start planning my fall you know when's the bye week right. what trips am i going to try and go on for like an extra day because there are some cool cities that we're going to this year so i always enjoy it uh I think it's way overblown the way they cover it. It's like, I don't well, I think it's that, kind of insane that they do everything. Yeah. NFL, it's like right. pretty wild, but I, I look forward to it every year. I, I wish it was earlier that we would find out, honestly, because I'm always trying to like figure out, yeah. especially because, especially when people have like fall weddings or something like that. And I have no way of telling them if I can mm-hmm. go until I know the schedule. So. Um, from a right. fan perspective too, though, like it is exciting, right? Because you can start jotting out True. like, okay, this, right. what road this trips, is a win, yeah. this is a loss, this is a win, you know. 
uh, yeah. and road trips, right? Exactly, and road trips. As well. so <laughs> Taylor Delgado be... just asked it. Taylor Delgado just asked if I'm going to spend an extra day for the away game at the Giants. I think that we have to travel <laughs> there, <laughs> travel there early, try and you yeah. know really take in the extra city. day in Hoboken. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll be back with you on the 11th. Um, not. You know, after obviously the the schedule is out to talk through it. Well, I think that'll be our first uh, ridiculously early predictions of the Jets season. So we'll get into that. Um, if you haven't joined the Athletic yet, though, you need to go to theathletic.com slash can't wait one ninety nine a month for a year. Right now is the deal that we're running. You get all of Zach's great work, all of the NFL work, the the draft, and now we're in the heart of hockey season. Uh, unless you're a Rangers fan, basketball or a Sixers fan, and yeah. Oh, we, we should talk about that off the pod, actually. But anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of the pod. We'll talk to everybody again soon.